Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there. Hello to you again. Thanks for being here today. And also, before I get started with today's promise, I want to invite you to enter the giveaway for the 150th episode of The Burt Not Ernie Show. Uh, There's a $50 Amazon gift card up for grabs and coffee shop gift cards. Other prizes are in the honeypot. So leave a comment on the post that I'm linking right here in the show notes and you're entered. It's that simple. Click on it, leave a comment, you're entered. Okay, alrighty. Today we're going to look at something from the first book of the Bible from Genesis. And next week we're going to be looking at something from Exodus. So, you know, maybe I should run with this and go through one promise from each book of the Bible for, you know, 66 books. I mean, I may do that. That kind of sounds, that sounds pretty awesome to me, actually. So, but for now, we're going to check out today's promise from the book of Genesis. You're listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. This is episode number 151, and it's sponsored by Katie J. Trent and her new book, Recipes for a Sweet Child, 36 Baking Devotions for the Whole Family. This is a book of creative, Bible-based activities that will be a blessing to so many families. So I'd love to invite you to take a look at that via the link right here in the show notes. Um, You know, just throwing out an idea here. If you're looking for a gift for maybe like for a baby shower or just some some stuff to do over the summer with your, your family or your grandkids, check this one out. I think this really could be a blessing to you. All right, on with the show. I'll tell you what, I love the Word of God. And that means, of course, that I love the promises that God makes in His Word. Genesis 22, verse 14, contains a promise that many of us know, but we might not know like the exact original or total context of this promise, the where and how, I guess you might say. Like, where did this originate? It's a really, it's popular right now and has been for many years, but there's, um, uh, in recent years, within the last handful of years, there's been a worship song that has become pretty popular that uh, is called Jira. And so Genesis twenty two fourteen is about Jehovah Jira. So I know you've heard that. Most likely you've heard that. I shouldn't say I know, but pretty sure you've heard Jira or Jehovah Jira. You know, you probably know what it means too. Provider. Provider. When somebody says to you, God's your Jehovah Jireh, you know that what they're saying is that it's the Lord God who's going to provide for you because Jehovah Jireh provides for his people. So it's originally from Genesis 22, verse 14. And I'm going to read that verse from the Amplified today and probably also from the New Living Translation. And then we're just going to look at the context around this verse because the situation surrounding when Abraham said this can really help us to be bold in our faith and in our praying and consistent and quick in our obedience to God. Because, you know, delayed obedience is really just disobedience. So we want to be bold in our faith, bold in our prayer life, and consistent and quick 
when we obey the Lord. Okay, so in the Amplified, it says, So Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide. And it is said to this day, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be seen and provided. Um, yeah, I really love that. It will be seen and provided. Like your, your faith is going to become sight. You will see God's provision. I think in the New Living Translation, it says, yeah, it does say uh, Yahweh instead of Jehovah, but it's the same thing. It's the name of the Lord God Most High. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yaira, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Uh, that's not a bad proverb. That's not a bad thing to say to remind yourself and remind others of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Oh yeah, he's going to he's going to provide on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. So we find uh, this in this story, the true story, a one of a kind true story really. We find Abraham on a mountain. Why is he on the mountain? What's he doing there? He's there with his son Isaac, who is the son that God had promised him and who came along in Abraham's very old age. And he was born after the sidestep misstep when Abraham and Sarah put into place the plan for him to have a child with her servant Hagar. And Hagar, of course, is the mother of Ishmael. But later on, Sarah did have a son of her own. She gave birth to Isaac. And now we find ourselves here in Genesis 22. Some time later, years later, Abraham was heeding God's call to take his son Isaac up on this mountain to to sacrifice him. On the journey up, when it was just Abraham and his son at the point when they're journeying up the mountain, the last stretch of this uh, three-day journey, he had told his servants to wait for them. You and the donkey, you wait down here at the bottom. We'll finish. And he said, we'll be back. We're going to go make the sacrifice and we'll be back. It's like Abraham, he's going to finish this part, just him and Isaac. And so on the way up, Isaac said to his father, this isn't a direct quote here. I'm saying it from memory of having read this in my Bible. Isaac said to his father, Father, the fire is here and the wood is here because they brought those two things along with them. But where is the sacrifice? Like, Dad, I see most of what we need, but what about the actual sacrifice? Where's that? And Abraham's answer was that God would provide it. So up on the mountain, Abraham tied Isaac up. And, you know, not totally sure of Isaac's age here, but Abraham was for sure an old man, and Isaac likely was old enough to fight this process. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he's old enough to comprehend there's no actual animal here. There, Where's the lamb for the sacrifice? Like, he could comprehend what was going on and what was missing, so he was old enough to be able to struggle, fight back. But it doesn't look like he did. It looks like he kind of just probably allowed himself to be tied up, at least based on what we have in Genesis 22. That is what seems to be indicated. And really based on the lack of issues with Isaac's character, when we read about his life and his story in the book of Genesis, I'm pretty sure this goes along with his character. He had, he had good character. Seeing, he would have been seeing, you know, his father raise the knife, maybe even seeing his own reflection in the blade of that knife. Isaac had a part to play in all of this, and I want to make sure that we notice his faith in God. How do you think that moment impacted the rest of his life? Do you think he ever forgot it? I'm sure he did not. I'm sure he did not. I'm sure he would be able to say, hey, I can tell you, uh, I know about on the mountain of the Lord 
Jehovah Jireh will provide. It will be provided. He's a he's a safe bet all day long. Like he would have had a faith in the Lord moment here that is unlike any I can even imagine. I don't think any of us will ever experience anything like this. It's just incredible to me. It's really incredible to me like that that he would have had. I wish I knew more about his story. I guess what's incredible to me is imagining what this would have done over the course of Isaac's life. How did this play out? How did it impact him? He had good character. And I just wonder if this moment wasn't part of him just being so anchored in the Lord. I don't know that he ever distrusted the Lord after this, if that makes sense. Like, it's just a a powerful moment. Okay, let me go ahead and um, I pulled it up here on my computer. So I'm going to go ahead and read some of Genesis 22. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering, and he arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and he laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. And so they went both of them together. And so he put the wood and laid it on Isaac, his son. So probably Isaac is, he's big enough here to be able to carry the wood on, on his back, most likely, like strapped on his back. Think of a backpack of wood. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. I think that right there in verse 8 of Genesis 22 is such a foreshadowing of Jesus being the sacrificial lamb. God will provide for himself the lamb. He did that here in Genesis 22. We're going to see he he provides, uh, but not a lamb. He provides a ram that's caught in the thicket. But he did provide the lamb in Jesus. It's a foreshadowing. It definitely is. So uh, when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And so Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Uh, this is this is amazing. Think about that. When you are singing that song, Jaira, and when you're saying, Jehovah Jaira, God will provide, it, think about where it, what, what Abraham went through, what he had just come through when he said that. He provided a sacrifice in place of his son. That's the provider we're talking about here. He really is the ultimate provider. 
And we really must learn to trust him better and not just use that as a, I sure hope I have enough money for my Starbucks next week, which by the way, I don't drink Starbucks, but I mean, you know, if that's like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, like I got to drive through if you're in Wichita, El Primo, I got to get my El Primo in the morning. We're not talking about that kind of provision. This is, this is monumental what Abraham and Isaac had just gone through and look how God provided. Even in this impossible thing, Abraham got up early in the morning to obey. That's the first thing that we should notice here. He got up early in the morning to obey, even in this hardest of things. He didn't delay. He didn't say, oh, I'm going to do it. But can I just have a few hours with my son before we start this journey? He got up early in the morning and began to obey. Quick obedience, even in the hardest thing of his life. Hands down, the the hardest thing he was ever going to deal with. This moment, and he's got quick obedience happening. What can you and I learn from this? How's my obedience? How's yours? It was a three-day journey to get there. And hey, a three-day's journey, that makes me think of Jonah was three days in the belly of a whale, both of which remind me of Jesus's three days in the tomb. Um, When I see things that remind me of Jesus all throughout the Bible, but you know, the Old Testament things that remind me of Jesus, uh, it's so encouraging. It's so encouraging. It's like just a remind, like a glimpse of how faithful God is. And I don't want to ever miss anything in the Bible that reminds me of God's faithfulness. When we see the faithfulness of our God, which we see right here, it's of tremendous value to us because it strengthens our own personal faith. And so pay attention to the details. When you see something that encourages you, let it stretch and grow your faith because I believe God always wants us to be strengthening our own faith by believing what we see in the word, in the Bible. So this was a long journey and Abraham knew what lie ahead. Talk about a tough time. Like this is confusing. What in the world is going on? What are you doing in all of this, Lord? Uh, They arrive at the place that God told him to go. Abraham, he builds the altar. He lays the wood in order, in in order. Like he wasn't like just uh, janky about it. Like, fine, you're asking this hard thing for me. I'm going to do this half-heartedly. No, no, he did it the way it needed to be done. He did it properly and in order. When God puts a call on our life that's hard, do we kind of, are we janky about it? Are we like, yeah, so-so is good enough. Like, this is hard. It's hard enough that he's asking me to do this. This, uh, this, It's good enough the way I'm doing it. Like, it's a hard thing he's asking. He can't expect, like, at least I'm doing it. Or are we, like, as ordered about it as we are when it's a huge, wonderful, blessed thing that's exciting? Like, do we have a spreadsheet for our vacation? Do we have a spreadsheet for the thing that God has called us to do? That's maybe difficult, you know? You get what I'm saying here? Like... Uh, are we, is it apples to oranges or is there like continuity and consistency in our life where we do the things the Lord wants us to do in an orderly way, whether it's the biggest blessing or if it just feels like the hardest, hardest thing, are we still orderly about it? So he put the wood in order and he, he bound Isaac, placed him on top of the wood. Talk about do or die time. I think it's do or die. That phrase could have originated right here in Genesis 22, honestly. It's like, wow, wow. So he reached out his hand. He took the knife to slaughter his son. This is in the Bible. My friends, it's right here in the word of God. Like God does not sugarcoat. The Bible, it's not a board book for babies. It's not, hey, lift the flap and there's a happy surprise under there. It's just real. And it's often, it's so real, we can get overwhelmed by its realness. Like if, if we read it enough, and we read all of it, not just here and there, not just like I have a few places I read um, and not just like I only read the New Testament. Like if we read all of it, we read it and study it. Like 
Bible study involves some actual study. I have known of women's Bible study groups that spent more time gossiping than they ever spent actually studying the Bible. So word to the wise, that's not the Bible study you want to attend. You might want to be quick on your feet and just find another one if you run into that. Like real study of the Bible takes us into real life real fast. At that moment, the angel of the Lord told him not to lay a hand on the boy because God had seen Abraham's obedience and his fear of the Lord. He didn't withhold his son the son of promise. And that promise had come to Abraham and Sarah directly from God. So, you know, there's things here that we can make note of. Our children, your children, my children, they are not to be off limits to God. They're not off limits to God. They cannot be held in a position in our lives where we say, you can have anything in my life, but you do not have access to my children. I don't want hard things in their life. I don't want, our kids cannot be off limits to God if we really have the Lord God most high as our first and truest, you know, return to your first love. It says in revelation, like if he's our first love, our kids can't be above him. They do not come before the Lord in our lives. At least they ought not to. God knew Abraham's heart, his total obedience. And so of course the Lord knew that Abraham was going to obey him completely in this hard thing. But here it is on display in the Bible for every single future generation to read and to see, and to be encouraged and challenged by. Like this is, you know, all practicing Jews would know this bit of history because it's in the Torah and in the Bible. Most Christians know about it or should know about it. Uh, What does it show us? What does it reveal to us about God that he sees? It shows us that he sees. He sees us when we obey him, even when it makes no sense to us. We cannot understand what he is doing. We're confused. We're hurting. We're at a loss. Obeying him is very, very difficult and painful. We cannot make this make sense to ourselves or to those around us who may be saying, why would a good, kind, loving God ask this of you? This isn't right. Like, you know, he sees when we're in those spots. He sees when we just choose to obey, even when it's costly, even when it hurts, even when It's a thing where we're like, this doesn't seem right. Like, how can this be of God? Like, he abhors child sacrifice. We know this from the word of God. And yet, and yet, Abraham obeyed him in a thing that doesn't seem to make sense and seems to be contrary to who he is. We also see that it's kind of like God said, Abraham, it won't be your son, but it will be mine. You know, there's definitely a foreshadowing here in Genesis 22 of what was going to come, of what Jesus would do at Calvary. The story that surrounds verse 14, it is tremendous. People's stories matter, maybe a whole lot more than we realize on a daily basis. But God, he always realizes the toll that things take. He always sees how long our journey to our own Mount Moriah can be. Those three days, they were long for Abraham and also probably went by far too quickly. Both of those I think were probably true. God sees when that's true in our lives as well. He knows how much we've sacrificed in our quest to be obedient to his call on our lives. God sees, my friend. God sees. He sees the toll that things have taken on you and how long your journey has been. Your story matters to him. So please, please do not forget that. Not ever. Abraham raised his eyes and boom, There's a ram caught in the thicket. It's like born and raised in the briar patch for this very moment. I love this. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. When God says will, he means it. 
When God says will, he means it. Jehovah Jireh is the name given to God in this text. It's his name. It's who he is. We need to make note of the names of God when we find them in the Bible because they tell us who he is, his character. They guide us in how we ought to pray based on knowing who he is. How can you pray based on knowing who he is if you don't really know who he is? How can you pray and beseech God for the just the, the true value of his character if you don't know his character, you know, because God is not a man that he should lie or change his mind. And there is no shadow of turning with him. So who he says he is, that's exactly who he is. You know, often when I watch my sweet grandbaby, as he might be cooing and chatting, I'll say to him, that's exactly right. That's exactly right, man. And today I'm saying this to you. God is Jehovah Jireh on your Mount Moriah, right there, after your long journey of obedience, and you're doing the hardest thing that you've ever faced, but you did it. You faced it. You laid it all down at the feet of Jesus. That is where God will provide. That's exactly right, man. Don't you forget that. The true story of Abraham and Isaac on Mount Moriah, it must grow our faith. It must grow our obedience. It must grow our trust. It must lead us to really having like a trust fall moment with the Lord. Otherwise, what's it for? Faith and trust are not for nothing. They're not for no purpose. They are to be used and utilized fully. They will never be used up. They'll never wear thin. And so we need to put them to work and let them work in our lives daily. Have you ever seen the movie True Grit? Too thin, rooster, too thin. That's a line from the movie and also from the book. Too thin, rooster. You know, God, that will never be true of him. God never stretches his word till it's just too thin. His words will never be too thin. They are not and never will be see-through. You know, it would behoove us to often remember that faith, hope, and love will remain. Will remain. They go on ahead of us into eternity. They are eternal. They will always remain when all else is burned up and gone. And you know what else remains? The word of the Lord shall remain forever. The word of the Lord will remain forever. What he has said here, it's not going anywhere. The word of the Lord endureth forever. May it be said of you and of me that on the mountain of our God, he has always and will always provide. He is your Jehovah Jireh. That is a part of the word of God, which shall endure forever. It's true for you now, and it will be true for you all of your days. Believe it, knowing for certain that it is true because God's word says so. Thank you so much for listening today. And don't forget that you can enter the giveaway via the link in the show notes. And also, I want to thank our sponsor for this episode, Katie J. Trent, and her latest book, Recipes for a Sweet Child, 36 Baking Devotions for the Whole Family. I want you to go ahead and maybe take a look at that via the link I provided in the show notes if you're looking for Um, maybe a gift to give to someone or um, just some activities. Or if you're a grandma like me, take a look at this book. Her works, her books, they're a blessing to so many families. And uh, you just want to take a look at this because it might be something you're interested in. And lastly, don't forget, you can sign up for just $7 for the summer 2023 online prayer retreat that I'm hosting. You're going to get a lot of content It's yours forever, and the price point is 7 bucks because the Lord put so strongly on my heart that as much as I can give away free or super low price, like around $7, that is where I'm supposed to be pricing things because um, people need to have easy and affordable access 
to things that are life-changing. And when you pray based on the word of God, it's life-changing. And so that's why it's seven bucks, not because it's um, like a lame or pitiful or no value. This is really, uh, it's going to be good stuff. I promise you're going to get like so much value out of it. So long as you actually apply it and pray. And I really want to invite you to be part of it. So check that out at the link. And that's all of my housekeeping and notes and link sharing for today. Thank you so much for joining me today. Don't forget, this is your promise. This is your promise. It can't not be your promise. He is your Jehovah Jireh and he is going to provide for you right now and always. Hope to see you back here next time. And hey, don't forget, don't forget, Genesis 22, it's your promise today. All right, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.